This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Why, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast, broadcasting live right here on Phantom Empire via YouTube and, and actually even via Facebook too, which is great. Hello to everyone over there. Glad you could be with us to, uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about tonight, guys. A lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of exciting stuff happening, especially in the Star Wars world, but we're also going to get to some other stuff. we get to some Marvel stuff, maybe a little bit more after that, but it's been a really, uh, it's been a crazy week, especially for Star Wars fans, and uh, it's going to be even crazier week next week. Um, Disney Plus Day is right around the corner. We will not be live for that, um, but I will give you some details later on in the show about where you can see me, where I will be this time next week, and where a bunch of people are going to be, and it's going to be crazy. Everyone's going to have their reaction shows or whatever. We're doing the same thing. Make but, your best uh, mugshots, folks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, before we get into that, of course, it's 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 going to be great. But uh, we got to discuss what's uh, happening this week. And uh, of course, my name is Ben. I'm here most of the time, and uh, Zach Arnold, of course, my other co-host. He's not here right now. I'm hearing rumors that he will be back very soon, hopefully. So keep your fingers crossed that he's doing well, and he will Check be back Check your sources, Ben. Check your sources. <laughs> you, you, just, you can't spread rumors. Spread your rumors things. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have him back very soon. But but the, the other person you see with me here is someone who is jumped on at the very last minute, I should say. I literally messaged you today and said, hey, can you do this? And you're like, yes! And I'm like, I like, love your enthusiasm. So it is my good friend. You've seen him on other podcasts, other shows. It's Mr. Joel Davis. Joel, welcome to the show. Hello, and I'm sure this is actually the first time you've heard my voice and maybe seen my mug. Although, if you go on Facebook, you see my mug because I have a picture of myself. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this is your, I mean, I, I think you've listened to IPC for quite a while, and you, this is your first time actually on the show, know, which we're exciting. so happy to have. Uh, you know, I'm always looking for new and interesting guest people, especially people that haven't been on the show yet. So, very much, very much excited to have Me you too. here with us, and, and such a joyous occasion because, I know. as I said, there's so much going on, there's so much happening. So much rumors, like it's like Schro- it's Schrodinger's Star Wars. Is it happening? Is it not happening? I don't know. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. It is really crazy. Um. Okay. Well, let's just get into it. Okay. So we need to address something. There's the big elephant in the room. The big green and red elephant in the room that you can see in the background here is Mr. Boba Fett, Bob A. Feet, as they call him. And uh, he got a new trailer this week. He used to be called Jaston Mareel in old Legends canon. <laughs> You're right. Um, so we got a new trailer for the book of Boba Fett. Finally, they they were like, we were like, oh, well, we'll get one on Disney Plus Day. No problem. And then Monday morning, they just dropped this on us. 
so now we have this, and it was quite, quite entertaining. But I want to get Ooh, your yes. thoughts on this, Joel. What were your first impressions of the Book of Boba Fett trailer? Um, I was just excited to see footage. Um, honestly, like, oh, this is actually happening. Um, it's, a, it's one of those things that's like, oh, yeah, this is real. This is tangible. This is going to happen. And, you know, that's that's something that's always weird with a lot of the new Star Wars. And I've been having that with Force since Force Awakens, and it never stops happening. It's like, oh, my gosh, new Star Wars. Um, like, I remember when Force Awakens trailer like, came out. Like, oh, oh my yeah. God, that's this is real. This is happening. It's like, oh, my gosh, a Boba Fett trailer. This is real. This is happening. And um, it was awesome. It's just, like, so cool. And, you know, it just, it's the tone, like, that sort of, it's a bit darker than Mandalorian. It feels mm-hmm. different. Like, it's still, it's still, it's still, it still feels like it's a spinoff to Mandalorian, but, like, there's a, just, like, a twinge in the light. There's, like, a little bit of moodiness to it. Um, obviously, Boba Fett's going full-on Godfather, so that's awesome. Right. Um, and, you know, it confirmed a lot of things. It didn't show us, a, but it didn't tell us a lot as well. It's like, very... A lot of just visually and tonally stunning, but not like plot heavy, which I appreciate. Although you know, I I I would I wouldn't mind just a little know a little bit more of the plot, like what's the story about. But we got a month to go, more a little more. So yeah, it was it was very light on plot and light on a lot. There wasn't any like big reveal. There wasn't anything. Wasn't anything that I've heard about in the rumors and stuff like that. That's going to be in the show. There was no like character showing up at the end. It was just like showing you kind of what the show's gonna be, which is really cool. I think being that we're so close, I'm kind of like, okay, I just want to get there. Me too. I don't really, I don't really want to yeah. get like all the big reveals and stuff like that in the trailer. Just let's just watch the show. Like, show me this trailer. Show me the look and feel. The fact that it is, like you said, it's it's kind of like Mandalorian, but it's considerably darker. It's a little different tone, different characters, different locale, but still that production quality and i think the production quality is even better in the book of Boba Fett. you have that giant oh, yeah. cityscape in there and there's just so many else that these these shows just watch look it. in a few incredible. years this is gonna look like the movies i mean it already kind of does look like the movies which is kind of which i think star wars i think star wars works well because it because the original was so made it wasn't on the cheap but you know compared to blockbuster today it's like yeah pennies so it's like i think like almost I don't want to say cheap Star Wars is better looking Star Wars, but it's like you don't need a lot to like make bad quality production Star Wars. Like we got Star Wars fans films that could look like a new hope today because of just of how good technology is. Like this phone is like a is something that George would have loved to use as a camera back in his day. He probably would have invented it himself. Um or his teams were. Like that's right. this is the kind of stuff they were aiming for. Um so I think that's why the production qualities look so better, and it's going to get better and better because now they're using the volume more. They're, like, working out the kinks. Well, yeah, and it is funny. Like, I said the same thing about Mandalorian going back. Like, I think if you took any of the trailers from Mandalorian or even now Book Boba Fett, you showed them to somebody, say, 10 years ago and said, what is this? They'd be like, oh, that's a new Star Wars movie. That's a Bo- that's a Boba Fett Star Wars movie. Like, oh, you yeah. know, that's, that's what that is. I mean, compared to something like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I'm sorry, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans out there. <laughs> I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for what it was. But, You're not like, wrong. you know, you look at um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and sort of like – when the Marvel movies were coming out, like here's Agents of Shield for the week. It's like, oh, this is a TV budget, TV budget, TV sci-fi budget, decent CGI, very short stages. Right. 
Yeah, Agents of Shield was a show that like it, it it's a TV show. It was a network show and it had a very limited budget and it looked like a TV show. It got better as it progressed, but like I think these shows, you know, whether you're talking about the Marvel stuff, Star Wars or whatever, they don't look like TV shows. They look and they need to because it would seem like a step down. You wouldn't you wouldn't buy into WandaVision or you wouldn't feel like Loki it's the same universe without with it feeling like a TV show when it's dealing with the same characters in some of the same circumstances exactly. and settings. And the same thing with Star Wars. We've seen Tatooine before. We've seen Jabba's Palace. We've seen Boba Fett before. If- Can I just say Tatooine looks better every... Like, um, not to hate on Mandalorian Season 1, but I can love Mandalorian Season 1, what am I saying? But that Tatooine episode in Season 1, that felt like the cheapest episode. Like, Tatooine was empty, we only saw the bar... And then you get to the Marshall, and it's like, oh, this is like, now this looks like a movie, and now it's like Tatooine's like really expanding as like a planet with its own, um, what's the word, um, anthropomorphic kind of feel to it. Like, yeah, it feels like yeah, a yeah, living yeah. society, not just desert world, plop, here you go. Yeah, there is, there is some, there is some episodes of Mandalorian that kind of feel like, you know, there, there's some of them that kind of feel like they're on a set, you know, the, the, uh, the, the ice spider episode is very like it's it's kind of like a bottle episode not dealing with a whole lot of stuff but i think this show is like i think again mandalorian is still dealing with a limited budget even though it has all these special effects on whatever else they can't do anything they want they can't have right. these massive crowd scenes or whatever whereas this show seems to really be leaning into that and they're like hey let's throw more money at this thing because i mean that's this. robert rodriguez for you i mean i've heard i know about him he's like he's he's a director who like very minimalistic so that's kind of in his ballpark in the first place apparently like he does everything himself in some cases um i don't know if he does it all for like you know i just into like for the spy kids film but like i know that he's like one of those very minimalistic guys who, like did everything himself or at least claims to um even his episode of mandalorian has his style because like it's on location yeah i think it's somewhere in california it looks like california um yeah i think it is and it's sort of like he kind of just kind of improvised the action scenes himself because the script was like 15 pages. But like I think I think his style and his tone will really help, especially because he did movies like I've never seen a lot of his movies outside of Spy Kids. So <laughs> same, same. I feel, I feel like I'm not. Did he do Sin City or is, was it? Was my I Mary? think so. I'm pretty sure that's Robert. I know Robert. he did a movie called Mer- Mer- I don't. I don't think Mariachi or Medici. Yeah, not that makes sense. Mariachi. Makes sense. Like, and those are his, like, darker films. And I think, in a weird way, I think Book of Boba might be the perfect marriage for him. Because, like, this is the guy who gets, you know, Shark Boy, Lava Girl, and Spy Kids. It's, like, in this, the kids' <laughs> angle. And then right. Sin City, which is, like, pure adult. And so this Book of Boba Fett thing is, like, the perfect marriage of, like, dark, gritty, probably more violent. But also, it's still Boba Fett. It's still Star Wars. So you got to have a somewhat of a kid's, not, not kid-friendly, but, like, family tone. Yeah, it's it's a little you know Star Wars is goofy. It's it's kind of funny sometimes. It's you know it's a lighter tone even when it's darker. It's not necessarily like dark and gritty, even though some people think it's all the time dark and gritty when it's not. Um, so like it's mature, I think, but not dark. And gritty. Yeah, exactly. Like Anakin implying that he's slaughtering younglings is uh you know it's 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 very dark. It's the very darkest mature. Star Wars has is watching Anakin burn alive. Right. Yeah. That's dark. That's dark that's, and gritty. That, that's dark and gritty. But that's about as far as they go, which is pretty far. 
but uh, I think there's some people like, oh, we want all of Star Wars to be like that. I'm like, nah, it doesn't really look like that. You gotta, you gotta take your Jar Jars with your Anakin burning alive. Um, <laughs> it's just that how it works. Okay, so going back to the trailer, um, what what moment or one screenshot from the trailer got you the most excited for like going into this, and of course not knowing a lot about it. I think for me, I'm gonna pick the weird one. Boba Fett sitting at the dinner table with the with the guys, with yeah. the captains, with the captains, because that is very Godfather. Like, yeah, it's like that's straight out from the Godfather. Like, I'm just right. expecting Don Corleone to come out. Um, like, I'm gonna Boba Fett. I'm going to make you an. Oh, I can't do Tim's voice. I can't do a Tim. <laughs> I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Or that and the final scene where it's like Boba Fett's like speak freely. Like, yeah, Boba Fett's being a boss. Like, um. It's, it's sort of funny how Boba Fett and Darth Maul are the two characters that got resurrected and now are being crime lords. <laughs> although I think, Bo- although for some reason, right. I feel like Bo- Boba Fett's got a lot more going for him. Just um, in terms of his own competence, I feel like. Um, but I might be wrong. Maybe, I don't know. He's got more of an advantage because Palpatine's, well, he's not in power right now. He's not, he's not around right now. He's taking yeah. a break. <laughs> He's taking a breeze. He's taking a nice breeze and getting all that clone juice. He took a vacation to go get cloned. Exactly. Um, uh, but I think Zach is like, oh, this is this is gonna be interesting because I, I like I like the idea of underworld politics, um, especially in Star Wars. Politics in Star Wars, how dare they? Um, but I love the idea of like this underworld power grab, and Boba's like going to do it. Like I love that line where it's like Boba's like Jabba ruled through fear. I will rule with respect. Um, I love that line. Um, I guess my only thing right now, and this is kind of, I know some people kind of going to be there making break for this, for the series is why? Like, okay, Boba, what, 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 why did you decide to come out of the Scarlet pick now and become a (laughs) crime Lord? Like, did you just, were you in the, were you like, did you decide, you know what, I'm just going to become a crime lord while I'm in the Starlight Pit? Like, just something you thought about? Um, like, why is he doing this? It, um, is, it is odd how the timing works, and it's been five years. Where has Boba Fett been all this and time? And I can't imagine he's been in the Starlight Pit for five years. Like, I would assume he kind of got out at least, like, a couple months, if not, like, a couple weeks. Yeah, I, I've always assumed, like, it was, like, almost immediately he got out. Or, you know, maybe spend a few days down there. Depends but, on the Legends comic. At the right. Time. So, and that's another thing I'm looking forward to is like, you know, the the, the flash packs and getting more information about like, because, I mean, if you think about it, it's like Boa Fett just shows up. There's no explanation in Mandalorian <laughs> as to like why he's there, even though we saw him die. We saw him fall in the Sarlacc pit. He's not supposed to be around, but now he is. It's funny. So, that's exactly how it happened in Dark Empire. He's just like, he shows up and it's like, Sarlacc pit didn't like me. Now yeah. I'm back to being Boba. Um, <laughs> now I'm doing bounty hunter things again. <laughs> Dark Empire did, brought back a lot of Return of the Jedi deaths, so yeah, there's, there's more Dark Empire in new canon than people want to admit. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, that's actually a big one. Yeah, but um, I, I like what you're saying there with like Boba Fett and being kind of the sitting around and doing like that. And it's something that that brought up to me. I saw a video. I think it was today. I saw a video pop up in my feed. Or was it was uh, Jeremy Bullock, the late great Jeremy Bullock, talking about how. Um, he played the character originally like Clint Eastwood. He said he didn't walk into a room going, I'm Boba Fett. Right. He's like, okay, this is the guy who just stands in the background, doesn't say very much. He's intimidating enough. You know who he is. <laughs> and he has this air about him. 
I like that. And I think as good as it was to have Tim Morrison come back and play the character and freaking kill a bunch of stormtroopers brutally and all this kind of stuff. I think bringing that side of the character back too, and just have him just sit there and just be like, if I got up out of this chair, I'd kill you. All right. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to, all right. I'm just going to sit there and look menacing. and I'm going to scare you into doing what I want you to do. Like that's, that's Boba Fett. That's having be knowing when to like kick ass, but also not and, and being so intimidating and that the armor and all the gadgets stuff like that. It's funny how now they are almost embracing the idea of Boba Fett, the bad, the badass. I'm going to say it. I know because it's funny because like I was reading an article today, like, no, in the movies, not only do they not do much, he gets he gets owned, he gets owned in Return of the Jedi. It's like, come on, he gets he just kind of like gets right. hit and then falls down. It's like, oh, there, well, there's the end of Boba Fett, and so like he sort of gotten this air about him, and it's like it, it's interesting that um, in a old book series called The Tales of Jabba's Palace, which were um, a Legends book written after before the prequels, like kind of after Return of the Jedi in that era. I don't know if it was the 90s or it was, like, the ladies. Um, they actually do make Boba Fett out to be, like, this honorable bounty hunter. Like, he like he hates Han Solo because Han Solo sells spice, and spice is kind of essentially <laughs> right. the drugs. It's like, you know, the 80s, you know, like, say no to drugs, kids, and Han Solo is the spice runner, so he does drugs, and that makes you crazy. Um, and, you know, like, he likes the Empire because Boba back then had this, like, law and order kind of... kind of He does think the rebels are terrorists, and he kind of, like, has very... You know, he doesn't like slavery. He doesn't like certain right. things. So it's sort of they're not going exactly that 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 sort of hardcore honorable system with Boba and Cannon because because um, of just his history. But I do think it's interesting how they they do kind of are keeping with the idea of Boba Fett's this guy with a code. Um, and I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious to see how that will play in just to kind of what we know about Boba in Canon compared to Legends, like. How does he go from the kid to the clone of Django, but also his son, to kind of the lost teenager from Clone Wars who was in jail? They throw kids in jail in the Republic, I guess. <laughs> and then all the stuff we see in him in the comics and some of the books in Empire where he kind of is just the bounty hunter who kills and tortures people. And then today, like, I'm kind of curious how that kind of all culminates in, like, the psychology of Boba Fett. And I really hope they get into that. Well, yeah, and it is interesting how they've kind of reimagined or like refocused like what who Boba Fett is and like his sense of honor, or whatever. But also, I think letting him grow and evolve and stuff like that, where you see him in this trailer going like, "I'm not a bounty hunter." And you're like, and that's what, what I love about this series, like this idea. It's like because that was you know my problem with the legends. Um, I'm going to do a lot of legend comparison because I just that's just what I kind of know. Um, where it's like. Me he kind of just stayed a bounty hunter afterwards. I mean, he did a little bit more stuff with, like, the Mandalorians, and I think he trained Jaina Solo in the ways of the Mandalorians to be, like, a Mandalorian Jedi kind of a thing um, later on. But it's like, you know, right now, like, but he stayed a bounty hunter. But now it's like, okay, now he's going to be the new Jabba and maybe the new Talon card. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, we'll get to that maybe later. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it's like, oh, cool. It's like, that's just awesome. But I still kind of want to know, why do you want to be the new Jabba all of a sudden? Like, he, 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 Boba does not, at least not in anything I've read or seen in the new canon so far with the comics and stuff, has seemed to be like a guy who's has any inclinations of wanting, like, the top job or to sit on a throne. He just sort of seems like, 
nah, I do my job. I get paid. Maybe I want to increase my reputation as the best bounty hunter to be like my dad. But outside of that, it's not. He doesn't seem like he's plotting coups against Java or, or anything. Well, yeah, and it's it's gonna be interesting to see like if it this is like if it's what we're being presented with here of like Boa giving up the bounty hunter gig to become this crime lord. If this is what is to be expected, or does he have ulterior motives? I mean, um, I was just gonna say like. Maybe that's what the time period, because obviously he's known about Cobb Vance for, I presumably years, depending on how long Cobb's had that armor. Yeah, I think true. he's had it since Return of the Jedi immediately. Um, if I if my knowledge of aftermath is correct, so right, maybe maybe, and we see that scene with the Tuscan Raiders. I'm going to predict that that the flashback the Tuscan Raiders help him out. And I'm going to predict that maybe Boa spent some time with the Tuscan Raiders, and maybe over the years he kind of just for the few years he was exploring Tatooine, maybe really getting to learn about the planet because I I don't think he cared about the planet outside of before we hear the Jedi. I think it's like oh Tatooine, I know about it because Jabba's there. That's where I go. That's where I go to party with Jabba sometimes. <laughs> um, but now I get to learn about the planet, learn about the people, learn about probably all the criminal gangs that are popping up because Jabba's dead. And, you know, when you kill out the top dog, all the little underlings, they try to form their own little warlordships. So maybe Bo was like, okay, maybe he kind of comes to this weird conclusion where it's like, okay, I can't eliminate crime because that's impossible. But if I controlled it, I can regulate it. I can, you know, curve off the bad edges, but I have to keep what's obviously there because you can't. You can't destroy crime. It's it's impossible. You can only curtail it so much. Right. It, and it's it, you you could it could very well be like a kind of a logical thing about well this stuff's gonna happen anyway, so I'm just gonna control it. I'm just gonna make sure it happens correctly, and I'm gonna kind of move them in the right direction of being less about you know all this really bad stuff and being like maybe less bad stuff about stealing from the rich and giving to the poor and doing some Robin Hood stuff or whatever. Um, or another possibility that I just thought of is what if like he's doing this to like collect all the criminal organizations kind of under one roof and go, all right, now I'm going to kill y'all. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, go, go full Punisher on him. Like he could do that. I mean, I, if, you know, Boba Fett is, could be the Punisher of this Mandoverse. If you want to make Marvel comparisons, like he'd be the one to do it. Like, because I, because you know, Boba's not. I don't see Boba as going to be the hero of this story. Yeah, I don't think so either. At least not. I mean, he's the protagonist. He is going to be the person we follow because we all we all are the heroes of our own story, as they yeah. say. But he he is yeah he's the protagonist. He doesn't have to necessarily be the uh the hero. He doesn't have to the necessarily white be the hero. It's not like Din, where it's like the white knight kind of thing. He can be either tragic and fail. Or just kind of this character who's going to be like, I do shady stuff, but, you know, I'm better than, say, you know, I, I'm on the D&D scale, I'm chaotic neutral compared to Gideon or, you know, possibly Thrawn who might be out there. So it's like, I'm, you'd rather have me than Thrawn or Gideon on your side. Because, you know, it's like we do see him rescue Grogu, and I do think that's... That's gonna, you know, that that was kind of our first indication of like, oh, Boba, you're the being a good guy because you're helping cute baby Yoda, so you win our hearts for that, and also because I think there's a lot of, you know, his own personal relationships with his family, 
Uh, but now we're going to see him outside of that, and it's sort of like, okay, well, Boba's now doing the shady things again, so where do you stand? It's like, where does even Fennec stand on that, too? Like, is Fennec his conscience in a weird way? Like, kind of without Fennec, he might go crazy or something, or who knows, you know? Yeah, I think Fennec could be a wild card because you never know, like, how on board she is with what he's doing or if she knows what he's doing. I like that there's that one shot in the trailer when he kind of goes up and he pulls his helmet off and he's kind of standing there. She kind of walks up beside him and she's like, dude, are you, like, he's, like, looking at him like he's crazy almost. Or like, oh, God, what's he doing now? Like, kind of exasperated. I, I like the idea of Fennec kind of going along with this and supporting him, you know, publicly, but also having some reservations. And maybe if if he were to, like, change his tune and go like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go straight i'm gonna become a hero or i'm gonna wipe out all these crime lords she'd be like um i'm not on board with that i don't think that's cool guy and and you know she does her own thing you know i think some tension between those two would be really interesting i mean i'd love to see like scenes of them just kind of discussing hey we're in this palace we're trying to build this criminal empire back up again what are we going to do um I guess he's. I guess if, if Boba's the new Talon Car, then she's the new Mara Jade in that regard. Because Talon Car also had a female second in command. I um, didn't even think about that. Wow. Okay. Um. Obviously, when I, maybe we'll find out Fennec Shan's secretly in Emperor's hand the whole time. Um, oh. So I, much. I. I. I'm one of. I think. I think it was Hannah, uh, from Culture Slate podcast who suggested this. I think on the on the Underworld chat that like maybe twist. Um, Fennec is a Crimson Dawn double agent or something. Um, wow, yeah, that's I like that a lot because that's sort of like my wild prediction of who's going to show up. If like if I had to predict, like someone out of the blue with like I I'm rooting for Crimson Dawn to show up. I don't know if this is a one season show, and if this isn't a one season show, then my prediction would be season two Crimson Dawn shows up because I still I'm in the camp that thinks they're going to show up in this post Endor series eventually. I'm kind of hoping. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they have a lot planned for Boba Fett. If they've <laughs> they've gone to the trouble of bringing him back when they didn't right. have to, and and I think we talked about it on Underworld that I think even Dominic pointed out was like I didn't it didn't make any sense at the time to bring Boba Fett back when you have the Mandalorian who is essentially just, you know, I mean, Mandalorian is the Boba Fett show without Boba Fett, or at least it right. started out that way. Right. Like, like clearly like having, after they've met and like, you've seen them interact, like Din and Boba are distinctly different characters. I think they've done a great, great job of doing that. But I think you can still look at Din and go like, well, we have a badass Mandalorian character. Well, we need Boba Fett. I think this show, I think we'll probably go a long way to kind of like, justifying that like okay Boba Fett's come back why is he come back what's he going to be doing how is he going to affect the galaxy and affect all these characters and what parts he going to play in not just the overall Star Wars story but like you know I mean for all we know another thing that they could do that you know to say that Boba Fett's still the villain it's like he might not be happy with Han Solo and Luke Skywalker for all we know if that's like Oh well, sort of like, and that's gonna be like a really weird disconnect. Where because uh, remember, he didn't see Luke Skywalker. He he no, he, he avoided him it. just barely. So it's sort of like you, you Boba is probably not happy with Luke Skywalker. And I like there's and you know like I'm you know like 
and you know, I think this is probably one of those few places where Boba can be a little petty. Like, come on, guy. Like, I'm sure Luke didn't know Boba like did it on purpose, but like, I'm sure Boba was not happy. And like, if he sees Luke Skywalker, he probably wants a little bit of payback. Yeah, you death or for good punching. Yeah, I. It'll be interesting to see, like, as he let go of all that, has he, because of his time in the Sarlacc pit, did that change his perspective? Is he kind of, like, letting go of all that? Or is he building up and saying, hey, I want to get revenge on this Han Solo guy that knocked me in the Sarlacc pit and did this to me in the first place? Um, And, you know, I don't know. Is he, I think, and I I feel like that would be redundant to... To the point of just throw like, him in the Sarlacc pit again. Well, it would be too close to what they did with Darth Maul. Like Maul right. died, and then he came back, and he's just like constantly obsessed with getting revenge on Kenobi. Um, I think it would be weird to like bring another character back and then go, okay, yeah, his only concern is getting revenge on I mean, Maul. And Hansen I Boba. said earlier, you know, Maul and Boba kind of have are already doing the crime lord thing. Right. That, that's a big, big parallel that I didn't even think of until, until you just said that. Like, that's crazy. So they need to be careful. Make yeah. let let these characters like do their own thing and let's not let revenge guide all characters because I, I, I saw a funny poster uh post on Twitter of somebody like talk about Dalt Maul and have a, like image of Maul and in Clone Wars and Boba and Boca Boba and they're both sitting on the throne. It's like, oh yeah, they they brought back and they both get to sit on thrones. Um and it's funny, Maul ruled over Mandalore, and Boba is technically a Mandalorian, so there's a lot of parallels between Maul and Boba right now. Man, it's, it's, there's gotta be, like... I mean, that's that baloney poetry for you, I guess. Well, okay, we're, we're gonna start getting slowly into all of these rumors and stuff that right. have been floating around. One of them is that a Crimson Dawn Darth Maul show is happening going to be coming out next year or something and lucasfilm animation is like already working on this it's happening i, I wonder like could we see boba fett and darth maul cross paths in, in there because obviously i mean i'm maul. expecting boba fett to show up in bad batch and maul to show up in bad batch so yeah and a whole big whole big party oh yeah <laughs> with maul I mean, and omega and, and crimson maul. dawn eventually in book of boba it's I, I I hope so. I hope so. I, I hope for all these crossovers. I think there's a lot of potential there. I mean, um, I I will say though, I think one way to differentiate if Bobo does want revenge of any sort, I think I I wouldn't make it so obsessive. And I think that the because I don't unless they're gonna do the legends thing of making Boba and Han Solo like these arch rivals for years. I get the impression from canon just from what I've read in the comics and other things, that Boba doesn't have that with Han. I mean, maybe they were going to give him that if the solo movie panned out and they kind of like that, and the Boba film was going to be in the solo time frame, and then there was going to be this whole crossover thing that everyone said was going to happen. But that didn't seem to pan out. So, like, I don't know if they're going to go with the Boba and Han solo or, like, these arch rivals because because Empire Strikes Back kind of connected them and then Return of the Jedi connected them. And it's like, okay, now we have to make them arch rivals. So, like, I would rather just, like, Boba's not happy with them, and so maybe he does want a little payback, but he's not going to go full-on Darth Maul obsessive over it. And also, you know, Boba has Fennec. Again, Boba has a bit of a support system with him that Maul didn't really have. And and we have to remember that, like, Fennec in, in Bad Batch was set up to be kind of very 
very heroic in a way. She wasn't out to kill Omega. To she's kidnap not chaotic she, evil, right? That doesn't say she doesn't have a bad side. Like she's supposed to be like one of the most like notorious mm-hmm. like sniper killers in that this era. Um, so like she's not a good person per se, but she maybe has more of a conscience than your average hunter. I, I think Boba, Boba in a weird way. I think from a psychological standpoint, I think he's he I think he's had more influence to more honorable people compared to Small, who if we know the history was given up to to Sidious as a baby and you know if Sidious right. is your essentially your dad, then that's not good. But you know, <laughs> from what I from what they seem to be implying with Django, Django was an honorable man. I like to think Django's like one of the best dads of Star Wars. Um <laughs> that's my personal headcanon. I like to think he was actually a really good dad. Um and then, you know, even I wouldn't say Ora Singh was a good role model or even Hondo or Naka per se. No. But I do but even Hondo or Naka, I remember in that in the episode with Boba with Clone Wars, you know, Hondo was kind of talking Boba off the ledge a little bit. I don't remember much about what that episode was about, but I remember Hondo was like talking off the ledge, it's like, Your fuss is what your father would have done. You know, be honorable. That's what you gotta do. I, I liked that whole thing where Hondo had this backstory about Hondo knowing Django and mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, tell tell Mace what he wants to know, you know, not because, mm-hmm. you know, not because you, you want, not because Boba Fett wanted it, but because it was the right thing to do. There. And I think I think Hondo kind of showed he, he's got a heart. He, he kind of yeah. acts like he doesn't care a lot of times, but he does care. He's another, not sinister. Another thing. Let's let's throw Ooh. Hondo in the mix somewhere. Let's 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 see Hondo show up somewhere. I'm shocked he hasn't. Also, there is one way. There's one way you can do this series. I think, at least in my mind, I might be wrong. They're smarter than me. Always assume that the <laughs> creators are smarter than you. Um, where you can do the series, still have Boba be kind of shady, but in the end, he's the good guy. And you bring in Cad Bane. Oh, because and here's how. And this is why. This is why. Because it's Boba shady. Boba might be shady, but if you bring in someone who's like objectively worse than Boba Fett, that's Cad Bane. Cad Bane, the mentor. Cad Bane, kind of, um, oh, he, kind of the, the the solo mentor guy. What was his name? Of Beckett. 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 Like so he's 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 Boba's Beckett, and clearly he's worse than Boba. Because I always think Cad Bane's like objectively just worse than Boba. Um. That um that way you can kind of have like okay Boba's bad ish he does some things but Cad Bane's worse and so that makes Boba the hero by contrast. I I like that a lot because like Cad Bane you know Boba Fett's like most of the time categorized as bad guy but maybe maybe he can be a good guy you don't really know where he stands whereas Cad Bane was never shown to be heroic he was always just evil or just like at the very least has no conscience right. if you tell him to go do something he, he's like the ultimate like bounty hunter in the way that you know he will go he's not all the you know you have all the other bounty hunters that showed up and you have uh you know embo or whatever like you never know where they're gonna fall but cad bane's like yeah i'm i'm a bad guy and whatever that would be very interesting and uh so i was gonna ask Besides the ones we've already discussed, if you mm-hmm. could if you could pick one, and we'll, we'll we'll maybe we'll lead into the rumors after this. I, but I do want to kind of wrap up this discussion with sure. this discussion. If you had one cameo in the book of Boba Fett in season one or, or any of the parts, any seasons perhaps, 
um, that you could make happen, who would you pick? Kira. Kira. And and Craig Stinger to say like he was the one behind all of it. I Whatever it. it will be. I love it. Who will you pick? Who, who's your pick? Ooh, see. I think in a in a perfect world where there's no there is no any of the you no know, limits. The, no limits, no real world politics of like recasting and digital faces and all this kind of stuff. I would love to see Han and Chewie. Yeah, I'll I'll say this. I think we will see Han and Chewie or the con, but I think it's going to be deep fake. Like that's like the realistic answer. But I, I can get that. Yeah, they've set the precedent. As much as I'm <laughs> not, I'm, I'm I'm iffy on it. Um, they've set the precedent and they've set themselves up for okay, we're doing this. So, you know, I could see it happening, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Um, it would be cool. It would be cool yeah. to kind of have uh, – it, it would make this era feel like – I feel like we haven't got a whole lot with those characters in this era. I think kind of filling that out and figuring out, okay, what's Han doing? What's Leia doing? What's Luke doing? We've seen Luke. We know what he's doing. He's off training Grogu, trying to feed that thing. Um, but, uh, you know – Little Ben Solo's out there somewhere. In right, exactly. He's like five at this point, I guess. That would be interesting. I think so. But uh, you know, what what is all these characters doing and the fact that they can just intersect and have the legendary characters like Boba Fett and Han Solo in the same right. scene would be great. Would be great. Not betting on it. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I'm not bet I'm I'm gonna say this. I'm kinda betting on Kira, just a little bit, like a, like a small tinge of hope if if I if I if I if I play if I hope that the comics that they're doing right now have some meaning behind them. I just I I think the stars are aligning. You've got in the story front, you've got Kira. She showed up in the comics. They're really doing a lot with her. Well, they're, they did a they, big Boba Fett comic before Book of Boba, and Kira's in it. So it's like, yeah, and and yeah, you have you could easily say that. Well, they're they're not doing anything with her, so they can just do whatever in the comics. They could also be setting something up, knowing where it's going, and going like, hey, we're gonna set her up and show that she's in this era, past Solo, yeah. um, and she's doing stuff. Also, Emilia Clark, I believe, right now is filming. For the Disney Plus show, um, Secret Wars, I think it's Secret Wars, Ooh, Secret nice. Invasion. Secret Invasion is the Scroll Invasions show that they're doing. It's got Sam Jackson, uh, <laughs> Mace Windu, Sam Jackson, um, in it. Mm. And so, like, she's she's already signed up with Disney Plus. She's she's working actively with this company and with the studio. Just. Just take your just the next set over. Just get her on Book of Boa Fett. It's not that big a deal. Come on. If it's an end credit stinger, it's only going to be like, what, five seconds a day? I'm sure that no one knew about that Book of Boa end credit stinger. No one leaked that, so. Yeah. And she doesn't like, she's, like she's aged a day in the in the oh. comics. So uh, yeah. I, I think Amelia Carr could easily play, you know, yeah. a version of herself that's like, you know, what, 15 older. years older? Oh, yeah. So, uh, Okay. So we we've talked about Book of Boba Fett. That's great, awesome, but there is some other stuff happening. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna skip down to because this is stuff that actually you just brought to me and brought to my attention. This is a wild rumor. This showed up on Reddit, a quote unquote wild rumor about something. And so apparently, okay. First of all, let me start with this tweet. It says it's for, this is from Big Screen Leaks on Twitter. They say quote. There's a Star Wars film planning to shoot next year. It's not Taika Waititi's film. It's not Kevin Feige's film, and it's mm. not Rogue Squadron. Ooh. So 
okay, that's like intriguing. Like, like a, there's a movie going into production next year. They're already doing all these new series. They've announced all these movies are happening. They've announced the creators, but they haven't told us what they are except for Rogue Squadron. What could this be? Well, well, I'm glad you asked because now we have this thing that showed up on Star Wars Newsnet that they have a report, and it says, Rumor, Lucasfilm developing an older public movie for 2023 mm. as a Rogue Squadron as Rogue Squadron could move to 2024. Ooh. here with the long and short of it is that Rogue Squadron was supposed to be going into production sometime soon and then going to be releasing in 2023. And I read through this and and maybe I'll I'll scan through it again, but basically they're saying that uh Patty Jenkins who's directing that film is kind of she's busy with some stuff. The script is going through rewrites. They're not quite ready to go into production with that, so they're pushing it back. And apparently they already have another project ready to go and ready to get in front of cameras. And what they're saying that this is a Old Republic movie that's going to be filming next year and releasing the next year. This is – I was flabbergasted by this because this sounds insane. I'm not sure how I'd buy it, but Joel, you were the one that brought this to my attention. Please, what's your hot take on this? So first, so I'm actually going to have a very unconventional hot take. If this is true, this is a good sign that means Disney's not going to try to rush their movies anymore, which especially with Star Wars, which was probably their biggest sin when it came to the first batch of Star Wars films. Uh, it's what happens when you rush. Uh, you get some underbaked ones. Um, so I'm happy that they're, they learned that lesson. Um, in terms of Old Republic itself, and if it's true, this is one of those things where it's like, I won't be surprised when it happens, but I still got to see it to believe it kind of a situation where it's yeah, like, me too. Me too. I I would never, I will not be shocked if an Old Republic movie happens. Like, because I do think Disney and Lucasfilm are receptive to what people want. Like, they're not, I think they're less receptive, like, oh, I hate this, cancel this, yada, yada. I think they're more receptive to like, we want this. Can we have this? You know, people have been clamoring for Rogue Squadron for years. But we're getting Rogue Squadron. Like, I think that was, like, one of the most ass things ever. Old Republic. Like, you wouldn't shock me if they ever said, hey, we're doing, like, ancient Jedi and Sith movie. You know, like, who wouldn't want that? Just dozens of Sith and Jedi running around shooting lightsabers and big battles that look like Lord of the Rings. Um, so that's exciting. Um, I always like to just profess to people that if they do an Old Republic movie, it it's not going to look like the games. Like, they're not making a movie out of the games. It's not going to look anything like it. I hope not, because I don't like the aesthetic of the Old <laughs> Republic outside of the first KOTOR. Um, that's just me. That's my hot take. I don't like the, the look of the MMO. I've heard um, that opinion a lot. You're not the only one. I, I, I get people liking the MMO. It's its own thing, but it's like it's the ancient past. It's like, and I don't like it. Um... So it's like, I feel like too many people are going to jump on this. Like, oh my god, Darth Malgus and Emperor Vichit are showing up. And unless unless the, the director who is doing this is like a big MMO fan or the writer, I, I don't see that happening. But I do see like Ancient Jedi versus this story happening. And if that's the case, then hey, let's do it. I've been waiting for an Old Republic thing forever. So, you know, I, I'm willing to sacrifice Rogue Squadron because, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Rogue <laughs> Squadron, but 
Um, also, I wouldn't be surprised because I, 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 I do wonder if they're a little skittish unless of a movie without Jedi in it. And I think Star Wars, as much as we fans like to say Star Wars can be about anything, and I think, you know, Book of Boba and Mandalorian are kind of proving this point, Star Wars is about the Jedi, especially, like, especially general audiences. Like, I think to them, the Force, the Jedi, that's Star Wars to a lot of people. And while right. I think the Disney Plus shows can get away with not touching those things because, you know, their their audiences are a bit smaller, I think for the movie-going audiences, Star Wars is about the Jedi, the Sith, the, or just the Jedi in general, and the Force, and lightsabers, so I think it might be just a bit of a risk to just start off a new wave of movies without it. Um, so it's like, they might want a safety net kind of a situation with, like, although I thought Rogue Squadron would be a bit of a good safety net, too, for them with, like, Here's a kind of a guaranteed success, maybe. Fighter pilot movie. We're, we're all. Or, it's, it's a very familiar concept. Yeah, us. and the X Wings, TIE Fighters, which in some ways I think would actually make Old Republic like a riskier because, like, oh, this is going to be a new era. Like, you're not going to have anything familiar outside of a lightsaber and a couple of familiar alien species and names. But um, I hope it's true because I, I wouldn't mind getting that first, honestly. Not having to wait around. But um, we'll have to see. There, I someone retweeted a, a um an article from BuzzFeed like a year ago saying um let me look this up if you don't mind on my phone. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. Um, somebody was writing old Republic films. Oh shoot, I forgot who. Um, there we go. Someone named Leda Calogridis mm. um, from BuzzFeed writing Knights of the Old Republic movies. Again, this was a from an article from BuzzFeed in 2019. Wow. Which okay. which is 19, 20, 21. That's like three years. No, yeah, like, it's, it's a while ago. So that's so that they probably have some scripts maybe already done and now they just need directors and and someone also um I someone pointed out like around that time wasn't like DJ Dillard hired for something? Yeah, they they there was a recent rumor that came out that they had uh, DJ or JD Dillard and JD was JD a, Dillard. and there was another guy that was with him and they were working on a a movie. I think they were saying that it had morphed into something else, something to do with Lando maybe. I'm not sure. I think I think that no, I think the Lando one was something else. Um I remember somebody else saying the JD Dillard one was like the Finn series that was rumored. Oh um, yeah, you're right. It is. It was there. There that 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 was a kind of a a twin rumor that they were working on something else. There had morphed into something else, and it had morphed into a Finn series, and John Boyega right. was coming back. And 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 one more kind of kind of like putting together a little conspiracy board here. Um, there I remember rumors that the the Game of Thrones dudes movies were going to be ancient Jedi stuff. So. And then they left the project, but, you know, that doesn't mean that the idea is dead, just now someone else is in charge of it. I mean, they were in the pipeline doing that stuff, creating those writing scripts, whatever, developing that story for a while before they left for Netflix. So, like... I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, that, that doesn't mean it stops developing. Like, I know Disney films that complete, like, had got rid of their team and they put on a new team and then that script kind of did morph into other things like if you ever watch it if you ever if you ever have a good time watch a documentary called the sweat box 
talks about the making of the Emperor's New Groove oh, and how that wow. movie was going to be completely different to what I we have now. It's going to be something called The Sun King. It's going to be more dramatic and uh, before it became like a comedy. Um, so, like, there's probably a lot of stuff happening. It's sort of like certain things are like more close to the actual getting shot and directed than others. So maybe this is just one of those things. It's like it's been in development so long. We're now, we're now ready to start shooting. So again, I I I, I hesitate. I I I warn caution for everyone getting excited about this. But on the other hand, I would be shocked if something happened. Here here's here's two red flags for me, really okay. quick. One is you know them saying that okay, Rogue Squadron may not be ready in time. They're they're still working with it. And they're they're doing script rewrites, and Patty Jenkins is supposed to be working on Wonder Woman three, and she's gonna be busy with that for a while. And they're saying, okay, we're gonna push it back a year. Mm-hmm. Great, that's that makes sense after everything we've gone through with you know ramming Star Wars movies through and making them work or whatever. Lucasfilm has learned that like let's not you ride the Skywalker, even though I like you. <laughs> exactly, even Force exactly. Awakens do a little bit. Right. So I think they've learned that, like, hey, let's not ram this through. Let's just take our time. If we need to push it back, that's fine. But they still have that thing. And it's mm-hmm. and it's almost like it makes sense. But then they're saying the same thing again when they're saying, OK, there's this secret Star Wars movie that no one has heard about, or at least not officially. That they're going to be putting in production immediately, and it's going to be happening Within a few months, we're talking about we're in November now. If it's going to be next year, next year, we release the next year. We can assume they'll be mm-hmm. filming very, very soon. Like they are, they're casting maybe now. Who knows? We haven't heard about this thing. They haven't announced it or nothing. Maybe that's what's going to happen next week. Maybe that's the big bomb they're going to drop on us is that Rogue Squadron's moving and they're going to do a whole, old Republic movie. So that seems kind of crazy to me. So that's a red flag. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. a second red flag is just the older public in general. Mm-hmm. Every time I hear they're doing something <laughs> with the older public, it's very very fan servicey. It's very it's something that a lot of people love and more power to them. I love it too. But anytime something gets rumored, I'm like I don't really buy that because it feels like something somebody would made up. And not to say that I don't think that we will get a older public movie or series or something at some point. I think you absolutely will. Something pre-Phantom Menace. Right. But I don't I, I don't necessarily buy it happening right now. I think they're I think think. So my logical like assessment of this is like, okay, maybe this is happening. The, the whole Rogue Squadron being pushed back, that makes sense. Maybe they want to put something in the front of it. That kind of makes sense, although it's kind of crazy. I don't think it's gonna be older public. I think it'll be something else maybe it'll be that i don't know that maz eisley movie they were talking about a few years ago mm-hmm. something that was like in production they were gonna do and then they just scrapped it and they can just go back to it and go like this is ready to go let's do this and maybe something like that and maybe it is an old republic movie i don't know you know they like gukasuma is very good at keeping secrets even though sometimes it doesn't appear that way so maybe they maybe just plus day maybe in a week from now we'll be having our our tunes change very soon uh, I mean, yeah, that's definitely, it's interesting, you know, some of the, you know, it wasn't just Star Wars Newsnet that's been posting stuff, you know, some of the other leakers like Jordan Mason, they've been doing some things, so, you know, it's sort of like, you gotta, I, I like to look for the signs of the leakers and stuff like that, kind of like, okay, I mean, they could all be wrong, they've been wrong before, um, 
I remember Rebels Light animated series. Whatever happened to that? Well, if okay, that even existed. Okay. Let's let's bring up since we're talking about rumors. There's something that could happen, and we won't spend too much time on this because I want to talk about the other stuff. But this is a perfect example mm-hmm. of something that when people say, "Oh, all these leaks and rumors, they're all BS. They're all oh. things because this person got that wrong or that person got this wrong," and sometimes there are things. And yes, oh, yeah. this is the this is the old age old thing of like. You know, they want to like paint all rumors and leaks with a broad brush and go like they're all the same. No, some actually do happen. A oh, yeah. good friend of ours, uh, Corey and Noah over at, um, he's at Convor Call now. He called it. They had the Bad Batch like pegged. Oh yeah, well before it was announced. Like they Didn't they also call the Lando that? series too. I believe so. They've called a lot of things. So they are a very reliable source. Like if you're if you're looking for Star Wars rumors, you can pretty much bet on there. They've gotten a few things wrong though, and that's okay because yeah. things change. Oh yeah, definitely. a perfect example of this. Perfect example of this is Matt Smith came out Ooh, recently yeah. on the Happy Sad Confused podcast, and you remember back in the day, oh, yeah. prior to the Rise of Skywalker, he was going to be in the movie. Variety posted and said, "Hey, he is in talks. He's been cast in this movie. He's going to be." In the Rise of Skywalker, and I personally went into the Rise of Skywalker, going like, "Wow!" So Matt Smith wasn't in any of the trailers. What's gonna? What's he gonna be doing? You know, what's Matt Smith gonna be in this movie? And I came out going like, "Wait, Matt Smith wasn't in that movie. What? Like that? It was crazy." And now he's come out and said that he's confirmed it after denying it for a few years. Now he confirmed it. They said, "Hey, yes, this is happening." Um, and he said, "Quote." Um, that was, you know, we were close to me being in it, and it never quite happened. I think the thing that they were thinking of me for, eventually that part became obsolete. They didn't need it, so I never got to be in Star Wars. He says, he also goes on to say that it was a big, it would have been a big shift in the history of the franchise. And he says they were in talks. There was no costumes. There was no, he never filmed anything, but it was a done deal. It was happening, and they just didn't do it. And a lot of people, and you know, that's just a thing. It happens. Variety reported on us in this and said, "Hey, we heard that Matt Smith is happening." And at the time, that was true. It just didn't come to pass. I, you know, that's you know, you bring up a good point. It's like I think we as fans think everything is set in stone, right? Would be it movies, com- marketing, and it's not. It's all fluid. And yeah. I think people exactly. think that the, that's a bad thing. And in reality, it's just, it really just depends. Like, I heard Revenge of the Sith was constantly changing every day. And, you know, that thing got edited to the last minute, and people liked it. And Rise of Skywalker, that happened. The script was changing. Things were being edited. I, I've heard things of, like, Palpatine's connection to the dyad was a lot different in earlier versions. Compared to like this last minute, oh, diet, cool. Um, I heard it was like a lot more like Palpatine was going to be like, you know, about the diet from day one, right? And that changed, and you know, that to some people that didn't work, you know, actually, I don't think that kind of worked either. You, um, you can go on Twitter right now, right this moment, and find someone complaining about the rise of Skywalker and pointing to, oh, look at this and this script change and this thing that happened, and JJ Abrams did this and they re recorded this lines with Adam Driver, that, and that's why the movie's bad. That they're saying that right now. The thing is, you can go back to what is arguably the most beloved movie out of the entire new pack of films, Rogue One. Oh yeah, that movie had the worst production. Had like, two directors. I remember, I remember reading the reports 
before Rogue One even came out during production when they said, hey, stuff's happening. They're reshooting this movie, like half of it. Like it's bad. And I remember like people were like freaking out going like, oh my God, Rogue One's done. It's going to be terrible. It's going it's, it's to be the worst. Like they ruined it. And you know, the, like this happened. And guess what? Everybody loves that movie. And like, this stuff, it's funny how, it's how, um, how Last Jedi had the smoothest production, and yet it's still I polarizing. It's I mean, so I love right? I mean, I love Last Jedi. Don't get me wrong. I, I do think too. It's, I, I do think too. it's actually really well scripted. It's the stuff, one but... movie that, like, there was like it was just so smooth. Nothing happened. There was no reports. There was nobody breaking anybody's legs or no director changes or anything like that. It was just smooth sailing, <laughs> which is why I honestly think they'll bring back Ryan Johnson because I don't think the studio cares about. Whether or not fans think they're like, this guy gave us a smooth production, we're still gonna work with this guy. Cause... Yeah, I, I think they like, I think they really, they obviously really like Ryan. So I think they're like, they're biding their time. They're like, okay, the more, the farther we get out from this, the less angry people will be. And like, we've seen from the prequels that like people get over this stuff. So like, mm-hmm. we'll wait a few years, we'll bring Ryan back. He'll do an amazing job. He'll be his, his, his good old self. No, obviously, and... having smooth production is nice. And I think it has its benefits, but it's like, and having, like, I don't want to say a plan, but, like, a general direction and maybe, like, a more full-on script. Like, some directors are like that. Like, I think Brian Johnson is that kind of director. Like, the script is exactly, you follow the script exactly. I have it all ready to go. We shoot. We go. And then, you know, even George and JJ, they kind of do that kind of thing where it's like, I'm going to change it and we're changing it. Four-hour movie, two-hour movie, we're cutting stuff out. And it either works for you or it doesn't. And that's and- not a bad thing. Yeah, and throughout the original trilogy, A New Hope, George Lucas almost freaking had a heart attack during that movie. Like he Empire Strikes and, Back. And and everyone thought it was a joke. Empire Strikes Back was like just there was so many problems. They almost ran out of Return money. Return of the Jedi had the same thing Rogue Squadron had, which Rogue One had with like the kind of ghost director thing. Right. You know, the fact that Richard Marquand directed it, but he kind of didn't because George Lucas was kind of like shadowing him the entire time. All kinds of weird stuff happening. If you look into the production of these movies, they're a mess. They are all, most of them, except for Last Jedi, are a mess. And most of them turned out all right. So like... the the whole drama and then like trying to paint a picture of like i don't like this movie because they wrote wrote this scene like it doesn't it's not that simple um if you don't like the rise of skywalker that's fine but i don't think it's because of some onset stuff because it could have been easily going like well look how the movie turned out despite all this madness happening behind the scenes like i mean i know nothing about marvel movies production but I'm sure there were some messages there too for some of the love, the loved ones that we have. Well, and you're you, you just funny you say that they had a book came out recently. It was like the making of uh, yeah. the MCU, and like there was a lot of drama. It said Kevin Feige like almost walked away at one point oh, um, yeah. during the production. I think it was of Civil War because they were like going back and forth about stuff. And I mean, imagine imagine Kevin Feige walking away like that had to be bad. But well, I've heard they made stories that like how. Um, back in like before phase three, Kevin Feige still had to report to this like Ike Perlmutter, who was like the CEO of Marvel and like oh. the TV direct division and the movie division hated each other. And Ike Perlmutter was like this horrible person and kind of, he, I've heard bad things about Ike Perlmutter, the CEO of if, Marvel. Uh, if you want an adventure online, go look up Ike Perlmutter. Oh, yeah. Oh, that guy, man, man, he <laughs> is a real bad dude. Real oh, bad yeah. dude, and he had a lot of power in the first many many of the first years. First two of Marvel. phases of yeah. apparently, yeah, like not till like phase three did they give it all to fight. Did Disney like kind of sideline him and like, okay, Feige, you're in charge now, and, and you can and, see it. And basically, they like 
Feige, I think, threatened to walk away, and they like gave him all the power. So now he's Perlmutter is gone, and all those other oh. idiots are gone. And like and the, Feige next to, to Star Wars again. Patty Jenkins walked away from Floor of the Dark World. She was going to do that. And, and I mean, I don't know. It might have been just as forgettable, but, uh, you know, it, it might have been better because of that. Who knows? You never, and then we got you never know. Taika, so yay. We got Taika. Like you know, we got Thor Ragnarok. So we won. We, everybody wins. You know, yeah. it's fine. She went on to do Wonder Woman and, and kill, killed that. So um, now she's back. Yeah. Now she's back. Now she's doing Star Wars now. She's everywhere. I think what we're just trying to get at, folks, is. It's okay if these films have messy productions. It it doesn't. It's not going to determine whether they're good or bad, or if you like them or dislike them. At the end of the day, it really is just down to sheer luck. It really is. It really is. There's there's movie making. There's no perfect science. If there was like a perfect like balance, and they could just like put this ingredient, this ingredient, and make a perfect movie, everyone would be doing it. It's obviously really? not that. It's a very complicated process that takes thousands of people, and Sometimes the best of intentions and the best of efforts still turn out to be a quote unquote bad movie that people don't like. And that's okay too. It's okay. It's okay to not like things and like things. But apparently, we're getting an older public movie. Apparently, that's happening like as soon as next year. Um, so take that as you will. Obviously, this is a rumor. Don't don't go bla- you know, don't go blathering on Twitter. It's happening. No, take don't don't go into Disney Plus Day. Keep your expectations low. Speculate responsibly, as mm-hmm. as I've heard said. Um, so you know, maybe we'll be getting this, maybe we won't, but uh, it's going to be exciting nonetheless. Um, okay. Also, there's something that came out recently. Of uh, this is from uh, your only nope, <laughs> <laughs> Rodrigo Rodrigo Perez on Twitter. He says that uh, don't really think it's news question mark or not really enough for an article since I have nothing else to pin it to. But recently told that Andor will be three seasons with Tony Gilroy staying on. Mm. So maybe you know they're they're saying like he actually he actually follows up with a tweet and says uh, I should clarify this is a creator intention. Should it quote unquote bomb? That probably wouldn't be the case. So they're like saying if it does good. It's going to be like three seasons, three season arc, and that's it. And so, like, they've kind of they recently said that K two is not going to be in the first season, co implying that he's going to show up in a later season. So we kind of already have a confirmation of season two, or at least planning on it. I don't think it's going to bomb, but I think I think I have high hopes for Cassie. I think I think it's it, I think it's I think it's going to be a sleeper hit. I I I completely agree with you. I I am one hundred percent on board with you that I think it's going to be. The show that everyone's going to be talking about, just like Rogue One was like, oh, what's Rogue One? Oh my God, it's amazing! Like, I think everyone's going to be looking at Obi Wan Kenobi and going, "This is the stuff I want," and then they're going to be like, "Oh, well, it's Andor." Do you want to hear my sad prediction about Star Wars? About the Star Wars? Oh no! Lay it on me! Lay it on me! I think I think Cassie will be the Rogue One because obviously, you know, I mean, you know, this Tony Gilroy, Cassie. I think Kenobi. Kenobi has a good chance of getting the Last Jedi type discourse. Oh no! I mean, think about it though. It's the movie everyone wants. It's the thing everyone wants. But yet, I don't. I think we all have our perception of what Kenobi's going to be like in that time frame, and I don't think they're going to give that to us per se. I mean, maybe they'll balance it out more. Maybe they won't be as hard hitting as Ryan Johnson was with Luke. And maybe this, maybe there'll be some plot things. But like, 
I, I've already seen people like they have a vision of what Kenobi should be like in that time period. And yep. if you do the smart thing, which I would do, it's like you don't make him the the, the perfect Jedi monster. He should be broken, sad, and depressed. Maybe yeah. not completely as cranky as Luke was per se, but he's definitely in that mental frame. You're you're making too much sense now. I don't like this. <laughs> you're making way too much sense. And I'm also thinking about the fact that like. We're already hearing some things I've seen a lot of discourse about, like, oh, the fact that Obi-Wan and Vader are going to fight again. People are like, I don't know about that. That's okay, kind of okay, breaking okay. canon. I, I, I have a defense about the Obi-Wan-Vader fight. Lay it on me. Even without Kenobi, that duel makes no sense from a story perspective. And here's why. The last thing Obi-Wan hears about Anakin is from Padme when she says there's still good in him. But in A New Hope... He's all right. He's ready to kill that dude. He's ready to kill Vader. <laughs> so either Kenobi's a jerk, and he didn't listen to Padme, or something happened that switched his mind, and we don't know about it. And then also, and this is the thing everyone else says, you know, in in Return of the Jedi, Vader says, you know, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Now, you can technically maybe think that that's more to Revenge of the Sith, and, but... I don't think Kenobi did a very good job of trying to get Anakin back to the light side in Revenge of the Sith. He was ready to kill that guy. And then again, yeah. A New Hope, he was like, nah, you're evil, Darth. Let's let's do this. Let's nuke, let's nuke it out. So, already from, like, A New Hope's connecting to both Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith, the Kenobi-Vader relationship has a, has a, has a plot hole in it, just, I guess, I... If, it really, like, as much as I love Revenge of Seth, and of course I love A New Hope. They don't interface. They, they don't match. They and even really Return of the don't. Jedi. They really don't match. And yeah, again, Return of the Jedi is like, there's a lot of stuff in there. It's like, that, that, uh, Obi-Wan was thought as you do. I, nah, I, I, didn't, I didn't catch that part. I was going to the deleted scene or something. But I think, I, I think my take on it is like, that's weird. That's very bold of them. But they have a chance to actually make it work better. I don't think they can make it any worse than it already is, really, to be I honest. I think the Kenobi series might strengthen those plot threads and finally kind of um, kind of finally, you know, tighten it up. But again, I'm a little worried about the, the last Jedi, that last Jedi reaction because I don't know what people are kind of expecting from this, not in both in terms of, like, we want it. We've been wanting to see Ewan. We want to see Ewan. But I think people want Ewan from the prequels but he should be in from the prequels. He should be kind of this in-between person, kind of between Alec and right. young Ewan. And also, just mentally, Obi-Wan's not the, you know, hello there. Like, maybe he'll do that just a little bit, just for, some, <laughs> for, for us. But he should, he should be sad. He should be depressed. He should be thinking about, oh, my God, all my Jedi friends are dead. And Anakin's dead. And Luke, I got to take care of this kid. But do I really want to? It's like, am, is he kind of in that Luke Skywalker space? right now maybe not again maybe not to an extreme because he did go to tatooine he's kind of on a mission but he's probably not in that he's not full jedi master kenobi that from both a new hope and revenge of this he's kind of in that kind of lost space and like in 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 the last jedi you have luke like going like the people thing that the people kind of get hung up on when it comes to like luke being on the island everything like that. he's like he's given up he says look mm -hmm. the the jedi were bad to begin with they were corrupt 
um, and they're over and they should be done. And I'm not going to bring them back because I'm just going to create this cycle of violence and create, you know, another Darth Vader. Obi-Wan's in the exact same position. He's coming mm -hmm. off of a time when the Jedi were corrupt. They couldn't see their hand in front of their face when it came to the, the dark side, literally. Like, and they're also, he helped create Darth Vader. Like, he helped create one of the most, being, like, Obi-Wan has all the reasons, if not more reason, to walk away and go like, screw this. This is, I'm, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, the Jedi are done, and I'm done, and I got this whiny blonde kid over here. I don't need, I don't even want to, you know, hang out with him, much less watch after him. He's always trying to get himself into trouble. So, like, I, I, I love that idea, and that's what I want. Some people may not like that, but I like that idea of like Obi Wan being very depressed and and work. The series will work his way, work him into just as Last Jedi does, work him into realizing what his mission is and what he needs to do right um and that's what you know, that's right and that's why i think unfortunately you might get a last jedi reaction from the kenobi series it's scary but uh maybe i think you could be very very right there we shall see mm. oh goodness oh yeah but uh there's a lot there's a lot happening um and I mean, Disney Plus Day is exactly a week. Oh, tonight. did you? Would you want to talk a little about that mall rumor too? Oh, yeah, you're right. It's not in the notes, but yes, let's talk about that. So, the other rumor that's floating around, and this has actually been brought up by a couple different sources. So, pretty strong sources behind this um, are suggesting that alongside the Bad Batch, we are getting another animated series. It's in production right now. And it's going to be focused on Darth Maul and Crimson Dawn and set before Solo and after the Clone Wars. And basically what Maul's doing during that time and after he got away from Ahsoka and, you know, what's happening there. So, and they said that Sam Witwer's on board. They also said that Dee Baker's on there, that Mad Lanter is involved somehow. So I don't know what's going on there as far as the voice cast goes, but... Well, Dee Bradley Baker's a... Where he does other voices in the clones. He does a lot of voices. That he does every be, voice. He does pretty much every voice. So, uh, not what I expected. Definitely interesting idea to give Maul his own series. I love Maul, so like I'm interested. I could buy but, it. But I... uh, you know, set in this era, I think we're all kind of expecting Maul to maybe show up in Bad Batch and Crimson Dawn or whatever else. But like giving him his own series, that's kind of wild. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll maybe like they'll do a backdoor pilots thing. I mean, remember, Clone Wars had some backdoor pilot ideas that they never got off the ground, like that Youngling show that the never Youngling got off the ground. show. Yeah, um, I think I think that was the only backdoor pilot they did for Clone Wars. I think, well, not well, Bad Batch well, technically, but um, Bad Bad I think Bad Batch Younglings. Um, I mean, who knows what else? Those are only two that we really know for sure were happening, um, or at the very least. I don't know. I don't know if they originally conceived the Bad Batch as a spinoff show. I think not, they, not, I, not in the Lucas era for sure. But yeah, for right. I think you're right. That's like they kind of like hang it. They were going to be part of the show, but then they reimagined them and like, hey, we can keep them going after the Clone Wars is over, which was a good idea. I think. Oh, yeah. So I, I could see like maybe. I mean, I mean, I would not be shocked. I'm putting money hard that Maul shows up in season two. Um, you know, but and this, but I could totally see a Maul animated show happening, and also. 
maybe they'll do something. You know, maybe they'll they could do something where it's like season one is pre-solo, then season two and three are post-solo. You know, kind of like here's how Moth kind of dealt with Crimson Dawn, then Solo happens, and then two and three Maul and Kira adventures. If we can't get like a proper Solo two and a continuation of that story, like I'll take an animated series. I'll take something. Giving I'll take anything us... involving Crimson Dawn. <laughs> the most yeah, part. I, I, I really like that criminal's organization. I love what they did, and I, I love the idea of like giving more depth to that and uh, figuring out and, and understanding that Crimson Dawn was existing even during the Clone Wars, um, and kind of seeing like that he was already working on it. So like, how big is your influence? And also, it might shed more light on how they continue on into potentially the sequel era. Um, oh, yeah, in regards yeah. to like what they're doing and how big their influence is because we've never heard of them before solo but apparently they're out there and there's a lot going on with them oh yeah so yeah totally yeah so that's i think is all the rumors i think you can obviously find a bunch more on youtube but we're sure only 20, we're sure only talking more. about the reputable ones <laughs> i'm sure 20 more have popped on reddit since last week talked so oh. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of stuff happening in Disney Plus Day. As I said, coming up in about a week, um, I, I I have a feeling at least one of the things we talked about tonight will be confirmed. I hope so. Like, you never know. They might change something last minute. They could do that, you know. It's, it's very true. You know, there's something happening. Like, there was – there's the old rumor again. I heard a rumor I that – that uh josh trank was going to be i was at that panel the mm-hmm. the i think it was a future filmmakers panel that's what they called it and it was going to be josh trank and uh, gareth edwards and they were going to be re- Ga- gareth edwards was there to talk about rogue one they showed the first rogue one trailer there that was cool. and then and then you had uh josh trank who got sick and didn't show up and couldn't make it <laughs> And then uh, all that happened happened, and the Mm -hmm. rest is history. We never saw that movie, whatever he was going to talk about. But the old old rumor was like Josh Drake was working on a Boba Fett movie, all this kind of stuff, and you know, just never confirmed, and that just got canceled because Josh Drake kind of self destructed. Pretty much, pretty much. There was, I think, it was a lot of, but like they apparently had a Boba Fett trailer ready to go. They were going to show it there. It was going to happen, and they last minute they pulled it and then pulled Josh Trank. Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> and uh, uh, that didn't happen. So, uh, and it, the rest is history. So, like anything can happen. There, there's no telling. They're talking about this right now, talking about what they're going to show next week. They're filming that stuff probably because it's all like pre-recorded. So, like, what could they be talking about? And what what will we not see? What we will we see? I'm I'm trying to keep my expectations low because like we have a bunch of projects already announced. We got a good wave. So it's like, you know, I know we all want more, but it's like, come on, we got a good wave. It's not like this isn't twenty nineteen like twenty early twenty twenty when we thought we had like nothing. Remember those times where we were like all worried, like, oh what's coming up next outside of Mando season three? Right. And now we have this whole thing. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's uh it's a crazy, crazy time. Crazy, crazy stuff. Okay, there's some non-Star Wars stuff that I want to get to before we wrap up for the night. Okay. But uh, I do want to give a special shout-out quickly to our patrons, um, specifically Mr. Joey Mays and Mr. Jesse Bennett, who you heard on our last episode. Um, and Joey Mays, who – I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, we're working on something. 
something something Ooh. ghostly and maybe in the next uh next You're a few month weeks late for ghostly <laughs> <laughs> so maybe in the next few weeks you will see that happen but they are on the shout out frontier um and they get a shout out every single week in here or every other week when we broadcast here on uh, Phantom Empire um and so you can become that you can go over to Patreon dot com slash ipc podcast and uh get a load of what we've got going over there and oh, uh, get some nice exclusive stuff we have a special facebook group that's only available to our patrons um you get behind the scenes info um inflow info whatever you get special um influence on the show we'll ask you guys we'll we'll, we'll actually um uh poll you get your information like some of the news tonight uh, was from you guys and the patrons. Um, and also, uh, you get the show notes and you get a whole lot, bunch of other stuff. So it's really a great group of people. And they help keep the lights on. Help, help, and you can actually be on the show. That's the best part about it. Most of the patrons have actually been on the Wait, show the past. You have to keep few months. lights on, not my lights on. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see my lights off, all right? It's not pretty. It's not pretty. Um, I used to do it with the lights off. It's not good. Um, and also, um, we have another supporter, uh, Jesse Bennett, who has the Question Possible Answer podcast. Uh, he supports us. That show supports us. Um, and I want to I want to tell you guys about it. So uh, this is from their official um, little description. It says, uh, come join us at Question slash Possible Answer as we discuss some of our favorite movies. With a twist, ignoring canon, every question is on the table unless the answer is given in the series. We also introduce our own fun theories and possibilities. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at question slash possible answer on Facebook and question underscore possible underscore answer on Instagram. Now available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast services. And it's a great show. I This is not scripted. This is me talking and saying that uh, it's a great show. And I listened to it. Um, and Jesse, um, that thing, we were supposed to do that thing. I just remembered. Um, I'm sorry. We're going to do that. All right. We're, we, we're supposed to do something with Ooh. question possible answer. So I'm, I'm saying right now, all right, we need to have, make that happen. All right. Because I was really disappointed when we couldn't make that work. But yeah, we're going to do it. All right. We're going to do it. You're going to do the thing. You're going to do the thing. You're going to do the thing. You'll see the thing eventually. Um, uh, but that's it on um, patreon.com slash IPC podcast where you can get all of those uh, pluses and a little bit more. And uh, before we wrap up, let's go over. We talked a little bit about Marvel. So let's talk about the Hawkeye series. Um, since maybe since the last couple episodes we've done, there has been a few trailers that have popped up for Hawkeye. There's like three trailers. I don't really call them trailers. They're kind of like teasers and there were like TV spots, but we got a good look at the Hawkeye series thus far. And mm -hmm. I was very impressed. You know, I, Hawkeye was not a, a character. He's not a character I love. Not one of my favorite Marvel characters. And when they announced they were doing a series, I'm like, okay, this sounds interesting, but this is not like I was really game for all the other ones we got. And they've been great. So now it's kind of increased my hype. And then we get this and it's a Christmas show. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm on board with this. So it's set at Christmas in New York, and there's shenanigans, and we got uh, Haley Steinfeld as uh, Kate Bishop. And she looks great. Excited for her. This looks surprisingly good. I I like Hawkeye maybe a bit more than you, 
but um, again, I really liked him in Age of Ultron with his family. Mm. Um, Age of Ultron is like one of my favorite Marvel movies. It's like number two. Um, Same. Like that, that, that's a that's a movie that always gets better with every new addition to the MCU, and I hope that Age of Ultron again. It's uh, <laughs> this show adds to Age of Ultron's, um, you know, greatness despite Josh Whedon. Um, uh, but yeah, um, I'm excited. This is a Christmas Marvel show, which is interesting. Um, but I like the fact they're doing Christmas Marvel. Like, I don't know why I always think of Captain America Winter Soldier as Thanksgiving, even though it wasn't even set in Thanksgiving. <laughs> it just gives me that vibe. Um, I guess WandaVision's more like a Halloween thing. They did it all in the wrong months. Um, oh, hang on. Uh, Sorry. It's okay. It's uh, um, nice outside. Uh, but uh, I really liked... Uh, I just think this looks like fun. It's, you know, it's not like... I'm not like super hyped for it, like say Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, of course. But um, I'm excited. Yeah, I I have like obviously Spider Man has a lot of my hype, but uh, this looks really good. I, I was very I was very put in the Christmas spirit with this. Um, and uh, which is saying something when I saw this in like you know September. <laughs> So uh, it's uh, it just looks really good. I think giving him more depth. I think what these shows have really done for me personally is like give more depth to these characters that you know got some play, and they obviously like they didn't do a whole lot with Clint first off in the first Avengers, and they kind of went further with that and gave him a family, all this kind of stuff. And I, I like what they did with him overall, but I think kind of going back to him and going like, okay, what, what else do we not know about him and setting up Kate Bishop as this new Hawkeye, I think is, is really interesting. So it looks really good. Um, and I love that it's, it's set at Christmas. We're going to be getting it over the Christmas holidays, going to lead right into the book of Boba Fett. So basically opposite of how we discussed it tonight, you're going to be getting Hawkeye first. And, uh, then we'll be getting, uh, the book both had like immediately after it. Oh yeah, these, uh, December 29th. Marvel um, shows really have been given the depth to these characters, especially the ones like you didn't expect. Like WandaVision really made me love Wanda and Vision's relationship. Right. Um, November 24th. I was uh, that's the thing. I was this when this is premiering. You're getting two episodes, I think, off the top, which is interesting because usually they just start with one. But uh, I think they're doing it because it's so close to Book of Boba. So they don't want to maybe they have to finish up by then. They don't really want to overlap, mm-hmm. which is weird but I mean, whatever mm-hmm. um more power to him we're getting two episodes right off the bat that's good and uh very looking forward to it but yeah the whole just giving more depth and more character to these characters um i think is is really something and, and it's gonna be fun and quirky and all this kind of stuff but also you know bringing bringing his family back and his wife wasn't in the first year like she shows up later i don't know why she's not in the picture I thought they were like divorced at some point, maybe. <laughs> I guess not. That's what happens when you get blipped. Right, exactly. So uh yeah, thing. But like Clint's got a lot of baggage and and after endgame, I think this is a good place to kind of pick up with him and figure out what's going on. So very much looking forward to it. There's like three trailers out there right now. Go go check them out. Just go to YouTube and, and find them. And yeah, they're not not they're too fun. Far good away. Christmas music. Good Christmas. Very music. good. Very good. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Here, a couple more minutes. Um, so <laughs> this actually come up just recently, a couple weeks ago, I think. 
this is something that has the internet all up in arms. Oh boy. And people have people have had a lot of opinions about this. Oh boy. And it's about the Super Mario's Brothers movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> and specifically the cast of this thing. Okay. First of all, Super Super Mario Brothers movie is something that like they had the live action one back in this the 80s. Like it was real weird. I haven't seen that. Really don't care to. Um, sure, if it's an interesting trip, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, now they're doing an animated version of this. I'm like, okay, great, that's good. I think they're you know, Nintendo characters, Super Mario Brothers. Those are characters that I think have resonated with audiences and people love them. And I think you know, kind of doing giving them a, a full, you know, big screen treatment, I think, is, is a great idea. But this cast is is not necessarily. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I personally, I have high hopes for this. But it is a bit weird. So starting it off, we have playing Mario will be Chris Pratt. <laughs> we have uh, Anya Taylor-Joy playing Princess Peach. Charlie Day as Luigi. Jack Black as Bowser. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. <laughs> Fred okay. Armisen as Cranky Kong. Cranky Kong's in this what? Oh, cool. um, Kevin Kong. Michael Richardson as Kemek. I don't even know who Kemek is. I know Kevin Michael Richardson played Jabba the Hutt in the Clone Wars. That's all I know him from. And, know, a bunch of other characters. Oh, yeah. and then you have Sebastian Menescalo as Spike again. I thought you were about to say Sebastian Stans. Like, <laughs> but that's happening. This is happening. We've got Chris Pratt as Mario. Is what? he going to do an accent? I mean, Bob Hoskins seems like a more better live-action Mario. Um, like, I just, you think of Mario, think, it's me, Mario, like all that. I can't picture Chris, I can't hear Chris Pratt saying that. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying it's really weird. That, that Is this like going to be like a weird meta story where it's like, they act like it's a me Mario, and then when the cameras are off, it's like Mario actually has sound like a regular dude who's been putting on an accent maybe for the decades. Only other, the only other scenario that I'm thinking of is that maybe it's like a uh, a scenario like a Jumanji, where it's a Chris Pratt's a normal dude, and he gets sucked into the video game, and he becomes like his avatar is Mario, and so he's like think of star lord but he's in the, in the body of 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 mario and he's running around in this crazy uh you know nintendo world like that could work um but then you have like charlie day as a luigi like i'm not sure that works you know like under taylor joy yeah princess peach that's fine jack black as bowser i can see um, yeah, seth rogan is donkey kong i'm just like what i could kind of buy it I, I there was a there was actually a donkey kong cartoon that's true. That's wasn't true. I don't I've seen like an episode on TV once and never saw it again. So <laughs> um Donkey Kong is spoken. Um I can see that a little bit. But yeah, this is a weird this is a weird cast in a weird movie. Like I, I mean, mean it's, it's it's better than another emoji movie. Like that's true. But, I didn't uh, like Idris Elba playing Knuckles though in the Sonic movie, so Yeah, that's happening. <laughs> I don't know how that worked either. That's 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 interesting casting. Like, I mean, love Idris Elba, but like <laughs> Knuckles, what? 
I mean, hey, you know, I've I've seen actors in weirder stuff. Like I mentioned, Sebastian Stan earlier. Sebastian Stan, my first my first interaction with Sebastian Stan was actually not Winter Soldier. It was a show on ABC called Once Upon a Time. Uh, oh my gosh! And he was the Mad Hatter in that. What? Wow! Yeah. That's he amazing. Was, it's, it's Matt Hatter, his name was Jefferson, and you can see him in season one. I didn't uh, know Once did upon a time. Show. Yeah, he, like, he appears for like the first two seasons, and I don't think he ever shows up again because then he went to Winter Soldier fame. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's my first. And, and oh no, and also Giancarlo Esposito is in that show. What? Yeah, he didn't Once Upon a Time. He's the magic mirror, so he's just a floating head in a mirror. Oh my god! Okay, I now have to watch this show. Apparently, this has got some amazing yeah, talent. Sam Witwer is actually in the show. I think I have seen Sam. He's in I think Sam Sam, Sam Witwer. He in plays uh, Mr. Hyde. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a heck of a lot of sense. So yeah, if you ever do a season one viewing of Once Upon a Time for IPC, bring me on. I'm, I love that show. Well, I figure you know me and Zach will be doing this until we die. We'll eventually get to it eventually. But they're coming out with new stuff every every week now. It's hard to keep up. But yeah, so like I guess that just proves my point. Weird actors playing weird characters, and Chris Pratt as Mario. I I can't see it, but. I don't know what type of movie this is going to be. Is this like a serious Into the Mushroom Kingdom, or are we doing Jumanji? What What is this even about? Yeah, that's that's going to be the clincher. Is like mm-hmm. what what kind of movie is this? Is this going to be like? Is it is it sincere to the Mario world and just like it's funny or whatever? Is it trying to make fun of the Mario world? Is mm-hmm. it kind of like meta, as you're saying? Mm-hmm. Um, as, you know, I think anything could work. I just I I hope. I hope they have a plan in mind because I think a lot of these animated movies, a lot of it feels like stunt casting. They're just like, mm. oh, let's get Chris Pratt to play Mario because that'll get people talking, which it did. All right. It worked, guys. You who have Nintendo, you're brilliant because people are still talking about this. We're talking that, about this right that's now. That's something I'm kind of tired about with a lot of animated movies. I mean, Disney gets away with it more for some reason, but it's like, these are animated movies. Get voice actors. Not you don't have to get actual actor actors. I mean, you know, like come on, like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like the classic Disney movies, they got voice actors. The guy who plays Jafar looks nothing like him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like the only like straight up voice actor that I know of in here is Kevin Michael Richardson. Like, and you know. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame when like there isn't there is a voice actor I don't know his name but there isn't a voice actor that does Mario's voice now in the games. He's going to make a cameo in this movie. He's not going to be Mario. And I don't know like, why. Weird. Why? why? Why didn't you just get him to do the voice? Just be Mario. Um. So I, I don't I mean, know where they're going with this. Say what you will about Michael Bay's movies. At least they got the voice actor for Optimus Prime in the movie. He did, he wasn't great and he was he didn't get good material, but at least it's the voice of Optimus Prime. At least they try. They're like trying to like be sincere and mm-hmm. like not just like, oh, it's Chris Pratt as Optimus Prime. <laughs> I will say though, I'm okay with Chris Pratt. Not Chris Pratt. Chris Evans is Buzz Lightyear. Oh, oh, I you just reminded me <laughs> throughout the entirety of today, making the news whatever, I forgot all about the Lightyear trailer that came out. I can talk about that. I actually am excited for that. I'm very excited, but let's talk about it really quick while we got some time. Because Lightyear came out, we got the got the trailer, we got Chris Evans in the part, 
and it looks really good. Like it looks very unique for a Pixar film. Exactly. And so sci-fi. And it's feel. very it's very interesting. Something that that came across and I actually discussed it in in our our Peace Hangout group. But apparently there was some back and forth, and I misunderstood what this mm-hmm. movie was supposed to be. What I heard originally mm-hmm. was that the toy Buzz Lightyear is supposed to be based on a real person, a real person, quote-unquote real, in the <laughs> Toy Story universe, a.k.a. Buzz Aldrin in our universe, a real astronaut that right. lived and had adventures or whatever. That was what I heard, mm-hmm. but apparently that has changed. Oh. So the real, okay. the real scenario here, and okay. and for, maybe there are people out there that were as dumb as I was that that, that that's what I thought too. So yeah, so the real explanation here apparently <laughs> is that in the Toy Story universe there is a character called Buzz Lightyear, and there is a movie like called Buzz Lightyear or Lightyear, okay. and the thing is, Buzz Lightyear in the Toy Story universe is the equivalent to Iron Man in our universe. There okay, is a movie and a character, and you have you like the Buzz Lightyear toy is like an action figure. Like you have an Iron Man toy. That's I, I'm a, curious. A I'm I'm curious. Are these people? Uh, I I'm not. I didn't read this conversation, so and I haven't looked it up because I thought it was supposed to be on the real dude too. So I could be wrong. Are these people? You know, again, out there, if you're listening, I'm not accusing you. I'm just curious. Are you getting mixed up with the Buzz Lightyear cartoon? In the early 2000s, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, which is the idea that you know Buzz Lightyear is an Iron Man-like character. He's a he's like in this kind of franchise and and right. Zerg and you know yada yada yada. Or did they change the premise of the movie now? And they are kind of gonna and this is is sort of like they're doing this again, but now with Chris Evans, yada yada yada. I don't think anything's actually changed. I think mm-hmm. they were just really bad at explaining it earlier. Um, I think even Chris Evans was like tweeting stuff that was like contradictory to this. Okay. Um, the best example that I can come up with in this Toy Story universe is like it, we see in Toy Story that like Woody's this doll, you know, where he came from. In Toy Story two, it's revealed that he is like from the forties. He's in right. this, the, the Woody's Roundup show is like a show, and Woody would be a toy that you would buy if you watched right. that show. Have you ever watched the Buzz Lightyear Star Command? I've movie. never seen it, but I've heard so much about because that, cause that's how the, the the movie, the movie, which is the pilot, starts with the Toy Story characters getting the Buzz Lightyear Star Command, the movie, and okay. it's like, it, and it's like in two, and they put in the movie, and it's two D, um, uh, new uh, Newman from Seinfeld is evil in Preserve. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, it's really good, and they made a whole series of it. It's really good. I think though, I've heard Pixar does not like it and does not consider it canon. So hmm. maybe this is them doing their canonical version of this of the premise of Buzz Lightyear is a action hero, but it's going to be a lot more serious. Yeah, this seems to be like Buzz Lightyear of Star Command on steroids and with a bigger yes. budget. Like it's basically and and essentially it's like this is the movie that that Andy would have gone to the theater and watched and been like, oh, this is awesome, and I'm gonna go. Get a I'm I'm he was like when he gets Buzz Lightyear toys like I saw the movie last year and now I get the toy like that's the whole premise of this I can't so, wait to see what real life Emperor Zerg looks like because I saw some things that looked like Emperor Zerg's drones well yeah that's the thing because when I first heard about this I'm like oh he's a real guy so it's gotta be like all grounded and whatever else it's gotta be like but now they can kind of like it's supposed to be fictional still so it could be all this fantastical stuff and it could be more spacey. 
more sci-fi elements like you see them on a different planet or whatever he's lifting off and, and i'm wondering like i think this could genuinely be like a massive franchise this could be like a new sci-fi franchise for pixar because imagine if you will um in the buzz toy story star wars but just made yeah, up. buzz is like oh i've got the plans to this super weapon <laughs> that zerk, zerk like he explains the plot of star wars like i'm wondering if are they going to like lean into that because i mean it's it's all under the same roof they can they can I... borrow from each other if they want or are they going to do something different and are we going to see zerk and the super weapon all this kind of stuff and like turn into kind of this big action movie that's kind of similar to star wars but more grounded maybe. my only my i actually hope that I hope they keep the the, the 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 parody of Star Wars more. Not necessarily like I want it to be all jokes and giggles per se, but what I like about but what I love about the original Buzz Lightyear Star Command and the kind of Star Wars the elements of Buzz itself and Zerg in Toy Story is they know it's a ripoff of Star Wars. Like they're not <laughs> even hiding the fact. Right. So I kind of hope that they can find the balance of you know we don't want the dramatic essence of it. But you know, it's like make it a parody of Star Wars. Like Zerg is not should not be like Darth Vader. Like Zerg should be kind of I don't know if you don't make Zerg funny or not, but it's like you, you play on the idea he's a Darth Vader ripoff, uh, which he is. He's, he's a yeah, ripoff. Yeah, he, you know, down to the, the the he's Vader and Palpatine fused together. Um, Basically. So I kind of hope you kind of keep it's Flash Gordon. Like he is like this is Flash Gordon. This is like another version of Flash Gordon without Jedi. Um, so I kind of hope they keep the kind of parody that buzzes, but also be being sincere as well, because Chris Evans, Chris Evans is like the most sincere actor ever. And... Right. And, and I think the trailer looks great. Like it's, oh, it's, it's kind of like, it's very, you know, like meant to be more grounded. You have a space shuttle, which kind of looks like his, his, mm-hmm. his, uh, space shuttle from the original movie, his box that he comes in mm-hmm. and then you have the suit, which is very like. They've managed to like translate that into like a what a yeah what becomes a toy and what generally is made to be a toy kind of turned into okay what would a actual astronaut or someone in an action movie wear that would look practical it looks really good and I see Zerg's design yeah I'm really looking forward to that really looking forward to that but uh, I think I for say, a design beautiful by the way yeah it it looks gorgeous it looks gorgeous I think for a design. That was developed in the nineties, in the nineties, in the mid nineties, to bring that back in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two actually, um, and have it seem fresh and new. I think is great. Um, so I'm I'm very much looking forward to the second teaser. And again and again, Chris Evans. It's like I'm gonna say one of the lines, and then I'm gonna leave off the last bit of line. Oh, I was gonna by say, the way, to infinity. <laughs> I love the use of David Bowie Starman. Like, oh, that was perfect. beautiful. I wish so I could see this in theaters. Like just the lighting is like this is like this this Pixar movie like seems like next tier Pixar to me. Pixar um, keeps upping themselves. Like they keep every movie like looks better than the last. Like well, I'm last say one. something controversial. I haven't been interested in a lot of Pixar films lately. I mean, I haven't gone to the movies, and I've been kind of focusing on Marvel and Star Wars. Right. So you know, I don't. I didn't see whatever the last Marvel. I mean, Pixar movie was or um, last one I saw was Soul. Yeah, I didn't that see was... still either. I wish I did. But like this one, I feel like I feel like I want to go to the theaters and see it. Like, and I haven't felt that way about Pixar film in a long time, really. Maybe since I was a kid. Well, they've always been of av- trying to avoid direct sequels, 
even though there's four Toy Story films. I think Toy um, Story Three was the last one, big one. I wanted to see, but right. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't overly thrilled with Toy Story Four. It made me freaking cry. Um, but they all made me do that. But like this whole thing, I think is a really interesting concept that like they can kind of expand this out and go. It like, also okay. feels like it's for older kids too. Like I feel like sometimes Pixar's for younger. I mean, or, it's it's. I mean, it's yeah, family, it's made for still. kids, but it is absolutely made for our generation, people that grew up with that well i'm talking about buzz lightyear in particular like right this like this seems like this seems like a more sci-fi kind of show in like the same vein as like a marvel and right. if that's what the, they're trying to go for like marvel this is the marvel equivalent of yeah iron like man. i mean like i guess in uh, keeping up with the iron man references like this would be like you know what the avengers is in our universe is the buzz lightyear the lightyear movie is like the biggest thing it's probably like the, the like top three grossing movie of all time in wherever they live i hope they can make a franchise out of this because i think it'd be interesting to have like i mean i love the buzz lightyear star command tv cartoon back in the day and that yeah. was more that was more comedy so it's like they can kind of make a more operatic version of it while still keen at keeping it you know charming um, I, mean, I would love to see like what a sequel would look like, and like build like a little Buzz Lightyear universe out of it. It's very. I, I think there's a lot to go there, and I think expanding that universe out into like what's Zerg all about? Where what is the Galactic Alliance? What is all this stuff happening in the background? And actually putting like taking kind of retrofitting and reverse engineering all that lore into like okay we're taking this seriously now what is it going to be right um, i'm i'm so looking forward to this i'm trying to look up actually when this is coming out so I'm that i can say because like it's light year it's 2022 it's going to come on june 17th so Ooh, birthday months nice. so not that far away really not nice, that far away. I'm a birthday month, so that's a good sign cool. for me. Cool. Yeah. yeah. There's a poster out and everything like that. It looks really I like how they instead of uh, on the poster, instead of like being the big red like button. Oh, by the like way, a... how do you feel about it not being Tim Allen's voice? How do you feel about Chris Evans? I mean, I'm happy. I mean, I know Tim Allen's got a little controversial lately, so I yeah, kind of like, okay, okay with Chris Evans, but first of all, I think like I think it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think it makes sense for like you want again bit of stunt casting here chris evans huge name this they time want, it works for me i think he's a great he's a great actor i think mm -hmm. he's gonna bring a fresh thing i think it makes sense that like in universe that like oh chris evans is the guy that plays like or whoever chris Evans is supposed to be in the movie he plays buzz lightyear in real life in the movie but when they make the toy they bring in tim allen <laughs> to do the voice That's, i i think um, actually chris evans kind of embodied the character of what i think buzz light you're supposed to be like he's kind of a captain america type i i think so too i think it'll work right and look i, I don't want to get political mm -hmm. here but when you have the things that uh, tim Halland has said uh in so, public tim. recently <laughs> you really can't blame disney for like going <laughs> oh let's just get a new actor <laughs> let's just move on Although tim Allen, bring in james okay. woods for hades so I mean, they brought him back. I mean, Tim Allen kind of flying off the handle and yeah. saying some crazy stuff isn't anything new. And they recently brought him back for Toy Story 4. So I think I think b them maybe bringing him back is not out of the possibility if they did a Toy Story 5. 
but I think for this new franchise, they want the flexibility yeah. of like, okay, let's get someone that's going to really bring some star power to this and also bringing it into the future. And, and it works. It. This, this is stunt casting that works for me. It does. Sometimes it, it, does. sometimes it doesn't, but a lot of times it does. And and you can't you can't fault them for doing stuff like for doing stunt casting when mm-hmm. we go, oh my god, look who's in this movie. Look who's in this oh, animated yeah. movie. It's an emoji movie. It's gonna be crap. It's literally gonna have the poop emoji in it, but it's got the rock in it. Oh my gosh, I love the rock, and I'm gonna watch this. Like well, that's the point. Bring bringing Dwayne Knight, who Newman from Seinfeld, voice <laughs> Zerg again. I will be happy because his Zerg is awesome. I that that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I but who would who would they get as Zerg? Like who would like realistically? Oh, I, well, if you're gonna do stunt casting, you want to know who I pick as Zerg for stunt casting? Okay. Adam Driver. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing! Because you've got the Darth Vader connection. Well, and then you can like go over the top, Kylo Ren. Like if, like this is Supreme Leader Kylo. Um, oh, sc- I never envisioned screaming Zerg as Adam Driver, but uh, I think Adam Driver could be funny. Um, maybe also in again stunt casting, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Just what the heck, Marvel connection. Um, I, I like that too. And like he's and Zerg is an Iron Man, I guess. I don't know what Zerg is. I'd love to get actually lore on Zerg. So yeah, fun. yeah. There's also uh, um another the, famous villainous actor we just mentioned, um Giancarlo Esposito. Ooh, yes, I would love it. Actually, now that would be a good choice. Okay, I think we just figured. Uh, Disney, call us. All right, yes. we just figured this out for you. All right, if you didn't have. A Zerg actor in mind, we got it. We just figured. You got to think of the voice modulation too, but oh. right. Gonna do the like, how thing. are they going to do that design? He's like really, he's like really weird. He's got the face mask. Um, and is it is he going to be his father? I, are they going to do that? Are they going to? I always yeah, like like because I know that was like a joke gag. So it's like, um, <laughs> but it's like, are they going to like decide to do that anyway? Because I mean, it's part of the lore, seemingly. Um. So, <laughs> okay. There's so many possibilities. <laughs> this is okay. I'm somehow more excited for this movie now after having this discussion. I've been excited that's for a while, but yeah, that's amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, John Carlo Esposito is is Zerg. It's it's settled, and uh, he will be Buzz's father. Um. That's 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 all she wrote there. If it's Adam Driver, then he should be his brother. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Chris Evans and Adam Driver. Wow. Did not expect that, but uh, yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Okay, one more piece of animated casting news we need to talk about. It goes back to our original discussion about Chris Pratt being cast in everything. I know. Weird roles. Okay, so apparently, mm-hmm. as of this week, Chris Pratt has also been cast wow. as the voice of Garfield in a new animated picture. This one I can be I'm more okay with. I think this actually makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I think this will actually be good. I mean Chris Pratt kinda can get kinda has a bit of a Garfield voice. I mean I maybe not like a pure Garfield voice, but sort of like I mean I don't know what the Garfield voice is, but like kind of that lazy cat kind of voice. Like mm, I hate I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of who has played him in the past. Because I know there was Bill Murray. I think. Oh, you're right. He was in the live action Garfield movies. 
live action. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Garfield the movie, 2004. Bill Murray. Okay. All right. So uh, we're we're. Who knew? I didn't know Bill Murray could. I didn't know Chris Pratt could take over for Bill Murray. But now here we are. So uh, I think it'd be a different vibe, but uh, still be Garfield. I think this could really really work. This is stunt casting. I don't mind. This is the kind of stunt casting that doesn't bother me. <laughs> I agree. Character. I agree. I agree. I think this could work a lot. And uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, so yeah, um, Lightyear, Garfield, Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's shaping up. We're gonna I'm looking forward to one of these. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think. I think that's going to be it for tonight. I think we okay. discussed a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and there's a whole lot more to discuss. But uh, I think we just about covered all the big stuff. Um, obviously, in a week from now, there will be so much other stuff. Disney Plus Day is going to drop. Going to be dropping a bomb and a half on us. Of cross other those stuff. fingers, fans. Cross those fingers. Cross your fingers and toes. But keep um, your expectations in line. Don't yeah, we get didn't even, We didn't even talk about the rumors about like what's going to be happening on Disney Plus Day. Like that's a whole other bag mm-hmm. that we're we don't even have time for. Um, but there's stuff probably going to be happening. There. I hope so. So uh, that'll be a whole other story. <laughs> but uh, if there is anything to be talking about, we will be back in two weeks' time. Um, we do this show uh, bi-weekly here on Phantom Empire on YouTube and also on uh, Facebook and in various places, too. So be on the lookout for that. We're doing some testing, doing nice. some uh, different things, and uh, just getting the show out to as many places as possible. So you can watch it here on YouTube, and, of course, you know immediately after it airs, you can just scrub right through it back and uh, watch it again if you like. Or you can go to our pod bean account on or on your various pod catchers and find it and listen to the audio version um we are a bit behind on that feed i will admit <laughs> it's, it's been a it's been a bit it's been a bad past couple weeks but uh yes they, no, normally speaking those are up uh in a timely fashion it just hasn't been the case recently, but uh, you can find us at ipcpodcast.podbean. Green as in green bean, as, as Zach says, because I thought we thought it was podbean for so long. And it's not. It's podbean for some reason. Uh, podbean.com is our main host site where you can find all of our episodes. Um, you can follow us at IPC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow, follow Zach follow. Arnold. Who is not here tonight, but uh, he is around and he will be back very, very soon. At Zach the Voice on all the social medias. You can follow me personally at Ben Hart with No E on social medias. Um, you can follow both me and Mr. Joel Davis here at Culture Slate because we're doing, we're both working a lot yeah. there. Doing right articles. Stuff. Yeah, read right. my stuff. Joel does a whole lot of stuff. Um, and we're just got our hands in all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, definitely go check that out and then uh follow uh, me personally at the star wars underworld um we do a show every single week and uh speaking of which i was gonna tease us off the top of next thursday we will be not doing a show we'll be doing a show friday uh, Smart so move. In, the, in the ipc off week we'll be moving a show back a little bit doing it on friday next week and that will be really a lot of fun we're gonna have special guests 
It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some smart, good, smart. Uh, good old fashioned breakdowns because they're going to reveal something. We don't know what, probably a 10 things. And, oh, I uh, hope so. We're going to get all into it. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So definitely check that out. Yeah, go, go watch the Disney Plus Day uh, festivities and then uh, come join us at 9 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 p.m. Eastern on uh, YouTube. Oh, so that's good. Just go, I'll go probably search be there up. in the chat room if you want. Absolutely, you just go search up a Star Wars Underworld and subscribe because we're not actually mm-hmm. we're not actually that far from uh, like a thousand subscribers over there, which is really cool. That's awesome. Um, you can of course uh check us out at patreoncom IPC Podcast. That's where you support the show, get all of those awesome uh, pluses that I talked about. Um, you can follow us and check out our swag at tpublic.com slash IPC Podcast. Definitely go check that out. You get barbecue watch stuff. You get IPC stuff, all kinds of stuff. Really good stuff. Um, <clears throat> big shout out to our friends at Fandom Empire here. Uh, they support us. They keep the show going. We are broadcasting on Fandom Empire every other week. We could not do the show without them. And uh, yeah, go check out because they're doing a lot of other stuff. They just launched a whole new Star Wars channel, apparently. I haven't Ooh. been keeping up to date, but apparently there's nice. fan, uh, Star Wars Phantom, I think it's called. Um, nice. Definitely go check that out. Subscribe to all their channels and check out all their stuff because they, they cover just like we cover a little tiny section of like Phantom. They cover everything. Like it's crazy. So definitely go check that out. Um, iTunes, uh, please subscribe. And leave a nice review, preferably five stars, to uh, help because uh, there is some one-star ones, all right? Let's just be honest. There is some one-star ones. Uh, we don't appreciate those. So <laughs> if you want to help us actually get more listeners, um, definitely. But you do that. accept constructive criticisms, I hope. Yeah, yeah, constructive. Just, just like dm us if you have constructive <laughs> criticisms don't leave a one-star review jeez guys um <laughs> but uh that's yeah. about all for the plugs um <laughs> joel um thank you so much my friend You're welcome, for, for coming on and making this happen this was an absolute pleasure if you have stuff to plug please uh, plug it right here right now tell people what you've been up to uh how, what you're working on well i'm writing for culture slate you can just go to cultureslate.com look at my writing stuff joel davis um, if you want to follow me, not that there's much to follow, uh, you can follow me at on Twitter at uh, I always forget my own Twitter handle, so that's that, that sucks for me. Uh, at JID twenty twenty one, that's capital J, lowercase D, and lowercase I. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, although I don't do much there. Just Joel Davis. You can see a big picture of my mug. I'm holding my kitty cat um, <laughs> named Dashi. So that's that. Um, and that's really it. I mean, I have a YouTube channel, also Jill Davis. I don't post a lot there. Got the Imperial symbol on it. But um, if you want to follow me, you can look at some of my older videos. I do a lot of Let's Plays of Kingdom Hearts for any Kingdom Hearts fans in the audience. And that's about it. So I don't have much to plug. But yeah, I had a lot of fun. Thank you for inviting me. I, I love I would love to do more. Hope to do more. Oh, th- dude, this was great. Uh, it's 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 sad that I took me this long to invite you on because this was a this was such a blast. Um, and thank you so much for agreeing on, to come on on such short notice. I will reiterate, <laughs> I asked you to be on this show this morning. I know. This morning. And I was that's asleep rid- when he asked. That's ridiculous. That's absurd that I waited this long to do <laughs> this. And we had such a great episode that was planned literally on the spot almost. So, uh, <laughs> Wow! See? Um, chaos can always end see again. Again, it proves that like mm-hmm. behind the scenes chaos mm-hmm. and uh, drama 
it really doesn't make any difference in the end of the day. You still produce some good content, and we did it here tonight. It's great. Um, so yes, thank you so much, Joel, for coming on. Definitely go Always. check out us on. Go, go go over Culture Slate. We got a lot of stuff. You, yeah. Okay, full disclosure here. If you see memes on either at Star Wars Culture or at Marvel Culture, that's Joel. That's Joel, and sometimes me. But a lot of it is Joel doing that. And uh, yeah, a lot of great memes. So go follow both of those accounts because there's a lot of and stuff share, going on. Share, share, share them, share them everywhere Spread because we need we need uh, as much support as possible. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna stop rambling. This has been a great show. Thank you guys so much uh, for coming on and uh, for watching, listening, however you do. And uh, this has been a blast. And we'll be back in two weeks' time, same time, same place, Phantom Empire. Um, around the same time. Sometimes we start a little late. I'm sorry, but it just <laughs> happens. But uh, this has been right. great. Uh, special thanks to our friend uh, and our great producer, Sean, for staying up late. And he's probably going like, just shut up so I can go to bed. <laughs> um, so I'm going to shut up now. And yes, so uh, this has been episode number 335 of the wow. IPC podcast. Um, hope you guys will join us one more time. But before we leave you, we just want to leave you with this closing thought. Revenge is a confession of pain. We hope you will not take revenge. But, uh, yeah, have a little compassion, guys. There's not enough of that in the world today. But uh, before we – but see how Boston – Boston. <laughs> um, good night, everybody. It's been great. Uh, thanks, guys. You guys are the best. See you later. Bye-bye, folks. Bye.